Mark chapter number 6. We'll read the first six verses together and ask the Lord to help us this evening. This is speaking of Jesus now. And he went out from thence and came into his own country. And his his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were, notice this, they were offended at him. And Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk. I love that word folk. I just like that. And healed them. And there's a couple of places in the Bible where it says that Jesus marveled. But look at this. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the village's teaching. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for allowing us to be here this evening. Lord, what a great crowd here on a Wednesday night prayer meeting time. And I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts. Give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding of your word. Help me to say what needs to be said, no more and no less. Speak to us and help us. Fill me with your spirit. We'll thank you and we'll praise you for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. What a blessing. As I was studying here in the book of Mark chapter number 6, there is a reference also to this same Account. I don't like to call it stories unless it's a parable. There's accounts in the Word of God. It's history. It's, it's more than just a story that we read in the book. Amen? And this same account is also given in the book of Matthew, chapter number 13, and it's verses number 53 through 58. And I was studying this here in the book of Mark and also in the book of Matthew. And I have at home, and I don't know if you've ever been interested in this or not, but if you are, it is a great study tool to have. I have at home, it's called a chronological Bible. A a chronological Bible. And what it does, it puts everything that happened in the Bible, it puts it all in order the events that happens, the way that it happened. And it's not like Genesis, X, Leviticus, number, especially when you get in the New Testament, there'll be some verses that it brings out of Matthew, and then there'll be some in Mark and some in Luke and some in John because it puts it all in its time period. And then it might go from chapter number 5, it might jump to chapter number 13 in another book. But what it's doing is it puts everything in a timeline. It's interesting if you read the Word of God in chronological order. It's very interesting. 
And as I was studying this today, I was reminded of a passage of Scripture that's in the book of Luke chapter number 4. And what I have found out is, is this is not the first time that Jesus goes to his hometown. This is his second visit to this area. This is his second visit into the synagogues here in his hometown. The chronological Bible, as it puts it in order, it says this was Jesus' third course around here, but his second visit to this place. Let me remind us that his first visit, you can read about it in the book of Luke chapter number 4, verses 16 through 32. Let me tell you what happens on Jesus' first visit into this area. It says that Jesus has come into Nazareth where he had been brought up, and he come into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And when Jesus got there, they stood and they handed him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and Jesus began to read out of that book. And then they got really upset with him because Jesus read these words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovered of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he goes on and he says, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Do you remember that story, that account? And what they did when they heard Jesus speaking of the prophecy of the Old Testament scripture, the Messiah, and then he said, these scriptures are fulfilled in your ears. They said then on his first trip through, they said, he thinks he's the son of God. He thinks he's the Messiah. And do you remember what they did to him? And all they in the synagogue which heard these words, they were filled with wrath. And they rose up and they thrust him out of the city and they led him to the bread of the the hill of the city and they was going to throw him headlong down the hill. You remember that? And Jesus kind of just eased out of their presence and and got away from them. And as I was studying this, uh, this first account when Jesus goes here, it was a pretty good while before we're reading here in in, in Mark chapter number 6 and in Matthew chapter number 13. It's a total different account. But then I thought about this. These people who rejected him, these people who despised him, the people in his area where he grew up, But yet they were so mad at him, they pretty much wanted to kill him. But you know what's so amazing about Jesus Christ? Although he was rejected, and although he was hated, and although people wanted to completely destroy him the first time he come through here, isn't it amazing that he goes back again? There's a message just in that. He goes back again, amen? to a group of people who did not want to hear it, to a group of people who wanted to throw him out of the city, to a group of people who were so mad at him because he had claimed to be the Messiah. You know what? They said, get him out of here. Now, if that had been you and I, it had been a hard time going back. 
If I preach tonight this message and every one of you folks stood up and started screaming at the top of your lungs, get this preacher out of here, and you grabbed me and my family and my wife and you took us to the edge in the parking lot over here and threw us down in the parking lot and, 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 and act like you was going to kill us, I'd have a hard time coming back in here Sunday and say, how's everybody doing this morning? But not Jesus. He just come on back. That's amazing to me. That's why it is so important when we read Mark chapter number 6, verse number 1. And he went out from thence and came into his own country. And he wasn't alone. His disciples follow him. It speaks a lot. It says a lot of Christ and his mercy and his grace and his compassion. And it says a lot of his disciples. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? But one of the things that the Lord dealt with me about when I was studying this is here is Christ speaking. He's speaking. And the Bible says that the people are astonished. And the people begin to say some things here. And I think it's interesting what they say. The first thing that they say is, is, is notice here, the Sabbath day, from whence hath this man these things? In other words, what they're saying is, is from whence means what source? What place? Where is it that Jesus got all this information from? Where did this man learn to say what he is saying to us? Who gave this man the authority to do what he's doing? And how is all of this working the way that it's working? They are really beginning to question what Jesus is doing here and the way that he's teaching and the things that he's saying. He said, he said the wisdom which is given unto him. Where did this man get that wisdom? And it goes on, it says, the mighty works is given. That means miraculous power. The power of God is working. But where did all of that come from? How is this man doing what he is doing? How is he saying what he's saying? How is things happening the way that they are happening? Can someone tell us? When this man Jesus comes into our synagogue and he begins to teach and all this wisdom comes out of his mouth and all these miracles that are going on in his life, how is all this taking place with this individual? I can't figure out where the source of his wisdom is coming from. I can't figure out where the power is in his life. These are the questions that these people are asking in this synagogue. That's exactly what they're saying. The Sabbath day was come. He began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? What wisdom is it which he's given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? These people could not deny his power. They could not deny his power, but they would never admit the conclusion of all the things that was going on in his life. 
These people were standing back and they was really trying to figure it out. I'm going to stop there and I want to ask you this question. You ever been around someone in your life and they speak with wisdom and it blows your mind that they had that wisdom? You ever been around someone in your life and and they do something, you experience the power of God and you're thinking, i just seen the power of God right here. There are times in people's lives when, when wisdom is brought and the power of God is evident. And if we're not careful, we'll say, how did that happen? How did that person say what he said? And Hey, listen, I've been around a lot of singings in my life. And I'm not against singings, but I've been around a lot of them. I've been in a lot of revivals in my life. You say, preacher, we ain't had a lot of them here. Boy, I was around a lot of them before I got here. And I've been in a lot of meetings, and I have have seen and I have heard lots of preachers preach, and I have heard lots of singers sing. I have been to meetings where there will be five and six and eight and ten preachers preaching. I have been to singings where there will be two or three singing groups that will sing. And I've always noticed there will be always a preacher and there will be always a singer or there will be always a song that sticks out above the rest. And I've asked, it wasn't the delivery of the man of God that made it so powerful. I've heard 10 preachers preach and they all preach the same because they all run in the same circle. You know what I'm talking about. I've heard singing groups sing and a lot of them sing the same because they all go to a lot of the same singings. You know what I'm talking about. But there has been some times that I've heard a man of God get up and preach the word of God and I've sat there and I've seen the wisdom of God. I've seen the power of God. I've experienced the power of the spirit of God and the same thing on a singing group. I've heard one singing group sing one song, another singing group sing the exact same song, but for some reason when that group sung it, the power of God fell down in that place. Are you with me tonight? There is a difference. There's a huge difference. And what these people cannot figure out is, is when this man Jesus speaks, where did the wisdom come from? And when this man Jesus shows up, where is the power? Where is it all coming from? We know this man. We can't figure out what's going on when this man shows up at the church house. Are you with me? They can't figure it out. They're trying to figure it out. See, there's things, there's wisdom that is given, there's works, a miraculous power, there's mighty things done by his hands. I see it, but I don't know how. And the reason they see it, but they don't know how is because there's a problem. See, they think they know him and they think they know all about him. You need to hear that and hear it well. They think they know him and they think they know all about him. But the problem is they don't know him and they don't know anything about him. Because look at verse 3. Is not this the carpenter? The son of Mary? The brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? 
And they were offended at him. See, these people that are there in the, in the town where he, where he played, in the town where he run, in the town where he become a young man, in the town where he worked. Is not this the carpenter? In Matthew 13, 55, it adds something to that. In Matthew, it says, is not this the carpenter's son? So they are not only speaking of who Jesus is. Listen close now. They're speaking of who his father is. Is not this the carpenter? Is not this the carpenter's son? (laughs) See, they say within themselves, I know exactly who this man is. That's the carpenter. I know exactly who this man is. That's the carpenter's son. What in the world is the carpenter, what in the world is the carpenter's son doing, getting up in the synagogue, and he's got this wisdom and this power? We know this guy. This can't be going on with him. You hear me? Say with me now, because we're getting to a we're getting to a thought, but the thought's not gonna be to the very end. They knew him. They knew all about him. But they didn't really know him. They think they know him. See, you and I tonight, we know who Jesus is. He's more than just a carpenter. He's more than what they call the carpenter's son. Because we know that Jesus Christ is the very son of God. I'm going to give you some references. The Bible says not only is he the very son of God, he is the only begotten son of God. John 1.14. John 1.18. John, here it is, 3.16. John 3.18. And 1 John 4.9. Every one of those verses teaches us that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of the Father. See, they're looking at him, Dwayne. It'd be like you up here preaching. They'd be like, man, I know Dwayne. I know Amanda. I know his kids. I know his daddy. I know his mama. I don't know what this guy thinks he's doing. We know all about him. But they don't know all about you. The same way they didn't know all about Jesus. Zach Bailey gets up to preach. They say, I know Zach Bailey. I know he was in the military. I know his daddy. I know his mama. I know his sister. I know his wife. I know all about him. They think they know all about, they don't know all about you. Are you with me? Brother Ben, you get up to preach, they say, that's Ben Willis, I know his papa, I know his mom and daddy, I know all about him, that's Jeremy, I know all about Jeremy. I mean, we know Jeremy, Jeremy sells insurance, we know all, they don't know all about Jeremy. You with me? Well, that's Preacher Keith. I went to school with him. He is a dopehead. I know all about him. I know everything that he done. I know where he lives. I know who he married. I know his kids. Hey, you know a lot about me, but you don't know everything about me. There's David back there. I know David. David, he's working over here at the nursery. David, he's going around and preaching. David's doing this and David's doing that. I know everything about David. You might think you know everything about him, but you don't know everything about him. Amen? Jason, I know a little bit about you and I'm learning more about you, but I don't know everything about you. But I'm going to tell you who knows everything about all of us. His name is Jesus. And they might be somebody say, I can't believe the Lord's using you, Dwayne. I can't believe the Lord's using you, Zach. I can't believe the Lord's using you, Ben. I can't believe the Lord's using you guys. It's because you don't know what the Lord knows about them. You with me? 
They can't even believe that Jesus is the very Son of God. They're looking at him and say, I know everything about that man, but I cannot figure out why he's doing what he's doing and how he has the power to do it. It's because they think they know him, but they don't really know him. Have I studied today? You think I've studied today? But God knows how much I've studied today. Right? Have I prayed today? You say, well, I hope you prayed before you get up here and preach. Well, God knows exactly how much I've prayed today. Amen? Hey, we trust that you've done this this week, preacher. Hey, listen, you can know everything about me, but you'll never know about me what Jesus knows about me. Amen? And that's where they got themselves in trouble. They thought they knew everything about him. They know his daddy. No, they didn't know his heavenly father. (laughs) Hey, listen, if they'd have known who his real daddy was, they wouldn't be saying what they're saying right here. Can I hear an amen on that? You see somebody, you think you know everything going on with them. I'm telling you, you don't know nothing that's going on with them. But he knows all. You with me? I'd have never done that. You'd never done what? I'd never done what they'd done. How do you know you'd never done what they'd done? We don't know what we'd do. Because we don't know everything about no one. We just think we do. You with me? They knew him as the carpenter's son. Well, if they knowed him as the carpenter's son, they could at least say he was an honest tradesman. But they didn't even really understand who his earthly daddy was. Because when I got to studying about him in Luke 1, 27, it says, To a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Matthew 1, 20 says, Joseph, thou son of David. So if you really get to looking at his earthly daddy, his daddy was even a person of honor. You with me? His daddy was even a person of honor. People can pick so many people apart that they miss what God is even doing in the carpenter's son and even in the carpenter himself. Eh, there ain't no way. Ain't no way God's going to use you. You're just a son of a bricklayer. Amen? But they don't know the son of the bricklayer. They don't know the daddy is a child of God. Amen. Are you with me? Are you with me? Amen. You with me? See, they got so caught up in thinking they knew who he was. They didn't know him. You know what his mother's name is? You might know his mama's name. I'm preaching about Jesus tonight. (laughs) That was a question. If y'all don't know who Jesus' mommy is, we're going to start all over. Anybody know what his mama's name is? It's It's not Princess Mary. It's not Queen Mary. It's not Lady Mary. Is she just Mary? <laughs> oh, this man's daddy 
was a carpenter. No, he wasn't. This man's daddy's God. And his mama, she's just Mary. That's all she is. It's just Mary. He's the son of Mary. <laughs> oh, hey, and then I got to thinking about this. His brothers, they're probably good men, but I'd say they're probably poor men. His sister's probably some good women. They're probably poor women. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No wonder, no wonder that's a tore up about Jesus. Where did he get that wisdom? Where did he get that power? I know his daddy. I know his mama. I know his brothers. I know his sisters. I know everything about this man by the name of Jesus, and he has no idea. He can't get up there and speak with wisdom like that. And what in the world, where is this power coming from? If they'd have had one lick of sense that I had to have seen. It has to be God in that man. Because everything surrounding him don't look real good. It has to be God. It, they marveled. They, they, it says in the scriptures, these men was ignorant and unlearned. But it says in the scriptures, they could tell them men had been with Jesus. If a man shows up doing what Jesus does, there's something special about that man. But they couldn't see it. They could not get past who they thought he was. You with me? All right, we're still getting to a point. Look what happens. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and in, among his own kin and in his own house. He said, I'm unhonored here. What he's saying is, is I'm dishonored here. And what Jesus is saying is, is all you people sitting here, you despise him. You despise him. You can't get past thinking that he's just a carpenter's son. You can't get past that his mother's just Mary. You can't get past because you know his brothers and his sisters. You cannot see Jesus for who he really is. And because of that, you dishonor him. You despise him. And then I got to looking at this and he says, he says a prophet... That's an inspired speaker. And he gives three places where he is mostly despised and dishonored. He gives three places. In his own country, that's his native town. Among his own kin, that's relatives by blood. And in his own house, in his own house. These people that Jesus was the closest to could not get past the carpenter's son, Mother Mary, brothers and sisters, and I can't figure out why he's saying and doing what he's doing, and I can't see how good things are coming from it. Then notice this. Verse 5. And he could there do no mighty works. Say that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. 
And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went around about the villages teaching. He couldn't do mighty works there. Was Jesus able to do mighty works? Jesus could have done mighty works. I believe Jesus went there to show them who he was. And there ain't no telling what Jesus could have done there that day, but he knew what was going to happen before he ever got there because he's God. Why was their unbelief so bad? Why was there only a few sick folk that was healed? It could not be, Brother Zach. It could not be. It could not have to do anything with Jesus. Because Jesus is Jesus whether you like him or whether you don't. Jesus is the Son of God whether you say he's the Son of God or whether you don't. So evidently, when he comes showing back into this town for the second time, Jesus comes walking in. I wonder the second time when he come back into the synagogue if people begin to say, no need to go in there. There's no need to go in there. I wonder if that's what happened. I wonder if someone says, my child's sick. My child's sick. We need to get my child to Jesus. They say, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't take your child to Jesus. He's the carpenter's son. Don't you know who he is? His mother's Mary. You played kickball with his brothers down on First Street. I don't know why you're so tore up about trying to get people to Jesus. And, and, and man, when I begin to think about, he marveled. He was just astonished. He was blown away by these people's unbelief. They did not believe that Jesus Christ was the very Son of God. And why did they not believe it? I wrote this down, and I'm about done. What could you and I say that could stop the mighty works of God? What could you and I do that would cause other people not to believe? That convicted me. No, don't go over there. Don't go over there, Jeremy. Listen, if you get over there, let me tell you what you're going to run into when you get over there. You're going to run into a bunch of hypocrites. You're going to run into somebody over there that ain't doing what God wants. So they ain't no need to go over there, lady, and take your kids. Don't do it. I wonder if that was the very night that God was going to do something for your family that ain't nowhere else he was going to do it but there. Huh? No, 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 no. Don't get involved in that. Listen, don't, don't be a part of that. Don't do it. Don't do it, Charlie. If God tells you to do it, you better do it. If God leads you to go, you better go. If God leads you to speak, you better speak. Amen? We get so caught up in what we think about everything and everybody and what everyone else is doing. I... You hearing me? Or no, not hearing me. You hearing the Lord tonight? We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. 
And we need to fan the flame for people to get some help from the Lord. Hey, Jesus, these people are not walking with us. These people are not talking with us. These people are not our disciples, but they're doing some great things down here in the name of the Lord. Jesus said, leave them alone. Amen? Listen, you and I have no time at all to worry about what's going on at the church up the road. And we ain't got no time to worry about what's going on at the church down the road. And you and I ain't got to worry about what no other preacher's preaching. You're not, you're not a part of that church. You're not a part of what's going on down there. You're not a part of what's going on up here. But if we ain't careful, we'll get so caught up in what's going on everywhere around us that all it does is defeat us. And then we won't tell everybody else what we think about what's going on down the road and up the road and across the road and down here in this place and over in that place. Amen? And if we ain't careful... What we say and what we think and what we believe. Now, I believe this. If we ain't real careful, we're going to cause a lot of people to have unbelief and doubt. Listen, I, had, I heard a message on this one time. Some of you remember, you and I need to stay in our lane. Just stay in your lane. Keep going the way God wants you to go. Amen? Because you can't do nothing about no one else but you. So stay in your lane, keep your eyes on Jesus, keep your heart where it needs to be, let all the talk fall out behind you, quit worrying about what, you, what people think about everything else, because if you know the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth and the Word of God has spoke to your heart, then hang on to the truth. Amen. Hang on to the truth. It's an unusual message, but boy did it convict me. I had two preachers call me this week. Both of them was concerned about what other preacher or another preacher was doing, what he said he was going to do, and now what he's doing, how it's going to work, and how it's going to look, and how's all that going to work out, Brother Keith? I said, I have no idea. It ain't got nothing to do with me. It ain't got nothing to do with you. Just pray for them. Amen. Just pray for them. <laughs> Did you hear? Did I hear what? Did you hear about brother so-and-so? Don't tell me about brother so-and-so. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, but you need to know this. Why? Why do I need to know it? And why do you need to tell it so bad? Why? Has it got one thing to do with you? Usually never does. But you've got to tell it, man. i got to tell you. i got to. You need to know. <laughs> oh, I prayed, I said, Lord, don't let me say any more than I need to say, but don't let me say no less than I ought to say. Amen? That man ain't got no power on him. That man ain't got to touch God on him. And he was God. <laughs> Are you hearing that? That God, that God ain't been many miles, that man. God is not even near that man. And he was the very son of God. <laughs> but we know him. No. No, you think you know him. 